ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. It's a bonus episode, and I have my special one and only special guest I've ever had. That's me, Josh. Yay. Okay, so feel free to skip this episode if you really don't care, but it's going to be like a book discussion about the Truly Devious series, so our opinions, what we liked, what we didn't like, what we wish happened, et cetera, et cetera. We're aiming for 20 minutes, but we'll just see how that ends up. And if you want to go ahead and skip, the next book we're covering is not we, just me, is The Cousins. So before we get into this, just full disclosure, Josh has not read the books, but he has listened to every episode. So it's like having a discussion with all of you out there. So as we get into this, I'm going to ask Joshua, what do you think of the ending and the series as a whole? I mean... I thought the story was pretty good. I think that my big problem was there were parts of the story. (laughs) No, there were parts of the story that were pretty good. I thought the plot was interesting, but I feel like it was really forced. I feel like there was a lot of extraneous detail and it just didn't. It wasn't it wasn't put together well. It shouldn't have been in three books. It should have been like one book. Oh, absolutely. Like the plot, especially like the 1930s part, which we're going to talk about later, like totally fits that. Also, like just so everyone knows, each book was like 400 pages. It was completely unnecessary. So, Is there anything else you want to say? What do you think about the ending? Were you surprised? Were you dis- I'm sure you were disappointed, but I-, I called it in the first book, but we had lots of theories floating. So I was just wondering if you were surprised or how you kind of felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised by it. I was just hoping for something more. I was hoping for something that was a little bit more fun, a little bit more complex. That like it wasn't just, hey, here's the bad guy and he's doing it for money, just like any other mystery. Right. Okay. So we're gonna start with fun stuff. We're gonna talk about what we didn't like, which I screamed about for six episodes. So <laughs> just like you already know. But do you want to start? Because that that's the one you wrote. Sure. So Welcome what, to our TED Talk. <laughs> so one of the things that really bothered me was the extra detail and not enough character development. I and you feel, didn't even read the book. <laughs> I know. And that's part of the problem is that like is that I don't feel like there were enough times where I understood the personalities of the characters enough to understand what they were doing. So when different things were happening in the book, it's I, I can't even make a thought like, oh, this is something that Stevie would do. This is how she would act. Okay, well, we know we, she would have a panic attack and run away, clearly. <laughs> but like, okay, for example, is like kind of what I want to know. So kind of if you can think, I don't know if you can off the top of your head, like an example of that. And then like, maybe I can tell you, yeah, like in the book, it explains that, but I shortened it or maybe like, no, not at all. Okay, so let's just take the Stevie running away panic attack. Okay, it that was, was dumb. But it, w- it was silly, but it didn't fit with the profile that I had in my head for she's Stevie. She's supposed to be, yeah, she's supposed to be like, I don't even know. I want to say like strong and independent, but she's really not. But like, she's supposed to be like growing to be a brave character. She's She didn't run away from two dead bodies, but she runs away when like David confronts her. Well, part of my problem is that she's supposed to be this very logical detective type person, and that's not the type of person that just runs away from a situation and has a I think, overblown panic attack. 
Well, I think it was supposed to be like, she's still a teenager. But like no one else in the book acts like teenagers. They all got adult problems and such. And they care about senators from states that they aren't residents in. (laughs) Right. And I think that that's my problem is that I just feel like there was a lot of detail in the book about things that didn't matter and not enough detail in the book about the things that did matter. Right. Like the characters. Like, I really don't feel like I know enough about the characters. They're okay. So, like, the characters I would say that I felt like were developed well. I think, like, Leo, he was a character I really liked, even though he was kind of unconsequential. But, like, I don't know. I kind of got a feel for, like, his no, not like, I can't cuss. No, like, not like caring and, like, but really do- is dedicated to his friends and stuff. But, like, I don't know. He was similar, like supposed to be like similar to Dottie. I feel like, like I feel like that was developed well, but like his character literally could have, you could have gone without him, right? And so that was disappointing. But like everyone else, it's like Janella wears lemon dresses and makes friendship robots, and Nate reads or doesn't want to write his book, and David's got daddy issues, and Stevie's just got issues, and well, I feel like that's part of the problem, right? (laughs) Is that all these characters feel like they're being stereotyped and instead of actually having personalities of their own it's oh Hayes is this YouTube star and he's super conceited and everybody everybody just you know feels like he's just not cool because he's famous well no they all think he's cool it's like the classic like popular football player well right I didn't mean not cool but just like not somebody that they want to hang out with because he's just this snooty famous guy right Okay, so like going into this character thing, we wrote bullet points. We're somewhat prepared. Okay, so I'm going to like try to turn so I can read this. So like basically what like when it comes to character development, the big issue is like Marsh because obviously he's like the main bad guy in the whatever 1930s and Charles, who's the main bad guy in 2017, from my perspective of reading it is Marsh does not take consistent actions for one character. So like he, even his gambling debt doesn't really fit with his character. And then all of a sudden he's like afraid to ask his friend for money. But are we saying that like Albert's never paid him for his services? Like to watch these parties and stuff? I don't know. And then like he says that, oh, I was just going to keep Iris in a barn or Iris and Alice or whatever, depending on which book you read. Like, he knew he was going to kidnap both or just one or whatever. But uh, <laughs> he says that, like, oh, she'll think it's like a thrill and it'll be something she talks about at dinner and it'll, we'll all just, like, laugh about it and I'll get my money and I'll pay my debts and we can kind of, like, wash all this. And then all of a sudden he's just, like, killing multiple people. And then also, like, you find out, I don't know, I guess, like, I can't talk from, like, personal experience now he cares about alice a two-year-old that was abducted by criminals after he or three-year-old excuse me after he finds out his daughter but he didn't care beforehand like enough like all of a sudden now he's gonna go like murder out of rage of a parent and he has to return her to ellingham it's super weird like it doesn't fit go ahead i i think that they're trying to come across with this whole Oh, now that I know she's, I'm going to start working harder because now I know that she's important to me, which again, I agree. She's a three-year-old that's been in the house that you've been around and your best friend's kid, get out of here. And she's also an innocent three-year-old. Like, I agree. I'm telling you that this is part of what I was saying at the beginning when I felt like it was forced. Yeah. I feel like this, 
whole gambling debt. I don't think they debt. knew. They, like, when they, the whole chapter about Dottie in the beginning, she pretends like she doesn't know who it is and is a party goer. But then by the end, she knows she knew exactly who it was. I don't think the author decided until later on. Right. And that's kind of a separate issue. But I'm just saying that with Marsh, I feel like the whole gambling debt thing, that's such a cliche You called part. it. You said like some mob debt or something. Well, yeah, and I'm and that's my point is that it's something that anybody could come up with. It's not very creative. Right. And then we'll get into this like a little bit more, but the similar issue with Charles, clearly he's a teacher, now he's a headmaster for like a reason. And then all of a sudden he's just like cool with murdering four people for money. But you brought up that he probably gets paid pretty freaking well. And if they're trying to expand the school, he'd still be the headmaster of all of it. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly somebody that's had a lot of success in their life. I mean, we're talking about a significant amount of money, but it doesn't seem like that, like killing people would be worth it. Or you could just continue making your salary, which is probably a significant amount of money. Exactly. Okay, so then another thing, we're still on the dislikes 10 minutes in. Shocker. Okay, so poor misdirection. I talked about this a little bit with you, but I was going to ask if you could tell from just listening to the podcast that that was an issue or is that just something that like I had brought up from reading the book? Well, could I tell from the podcast by the number of times that you told everybody it was bad misdirection? Absolutely. But seriously, I do think that... (laughs) No, but seriously, I feel... uh, Again, this goes back to what I was saying. It's all forced. It's so cliche. It's Nancy Drew. It's Agatha Christie. It's but the like same stuff. But bad version. But yeah, it, it's just redone, you know, in a slightly different setting. Hey, just so you guys know, spoiler alert, in the Nancy Drew book, the will and the clock actually freaking matters. <laughs> yeah, in the first Nancy Drew book, the will is in the clock. Just so we're all clear. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, I guess, like, I'll elaborate a little bit, like, on the misdirection. It's like, ooh, it's Ellie. And I said in the podcast, I was like, no, it's not. It's not her. None of this makes sense. Or like, ooh, this truly devious letter is like the killer following the letter. And I was like, no, it's not. None of this makes sense. And it was just, uh, disappointing. So, shall we jump to inaccuracies? Because I... Like, might have to turn down the volume of the mic. (laughs) One of my main issues I talked about several times was, like, where they wrote the Truly Devious Letter, which does not matter at all, like, in the big scheme of things. But the fact that you tell me it's, like, in this Finnish pool, and then you tell me it's in this, like, mysterious grotto, you can't even keep, like, something so main and so easy straight i have a huge problem but like other people had said there was like even grammatical errors and like things like that i noticed other things that didn't make sense or seemed off or like changed maybe that's probably the character development too it it is but part of my problem with that is yeah it would be a little off if some some of these details didn't really match up, but they make them into such big parts of the plot. And they, she, she talks about them like 50 times. Yeah, and they go into super detail on it. So if you're going to go that hard at a certain topic, at least keep it consistent throughout the books, right? Yeah, for sure. So, okay, so the main inaccuracy, which I don't even need to discuss any further, so I'm going to let you take the lead on this, but was... The will being changed to adding that no faculty member could collect. 
on Alice's inheritance. Yeah, so I don't understand why that's not something that would be in the other books. The only explanation that makes any sense is that the development of the book forced her to change things in the middle. So I guess my point is that if you're going to go and change something in the will, there needs to be a reason for it. Like somebody added something. Okay, so the will, we just let Sunny out, so this might be disjointed. Um, we, Josh did. <laughs> She's right. Um, okay, so the problem I have with the will was there was a lot of opportunity for the last section to be added. So, like, what could have happened if we wanted this to make sense was there's, like, a part from Albert's perspective and it's like right before he goes on the boat with Marsh and he's like read through the will and then stopped at the last line that like gave him pause. And it's about how all the money will go to the school after Alice turns 19. So then it could have been like, oh, that gave him pause. And then it could have been like, oh, he jotted something down on the will and then folded it up and put it away or whatever in his desk. And then, like, we didn't know what he wrote down. And we find out later that it's like a faculty member couldn't have it. But instead, we have, I think it's Mackenzie, give it to Leo. And then Leo reads it in full that said nothing about the stipulation. And then Leo puts it in the clock. And then later on, we find out that Charles found it in the clock. So when would it have changed? Never. The other thing that we discussed on our own was that why would Albert even put that stipulation in? Because he already knows that Marsh was guilty of the whole kidnapping and was involved. And Marsh couldn't collect anyways because he was involved. That was one of the stipulations. And he knows that like no teacher or anything, like it never mentions him being suspicious of anyone that works at the school. So why would he worry about that ever? No, I totally agree. I don't feel like there's anybody that it really makes sense for him to do that for so why would he do it i mean i'm i'm just on the same page you you, you pretty much covered everything because i rant about it forever okay so the uh, the la- don't worry this is the last thing on our dislike as we almost hit our 20 minute mark the whole blackmail thing questions comments concerns <laughs> i mean blackmail doesn't stop just because somebody finds a flash drive that has the blackmail on it and right deletes it or disposes of it or whatever right so I don't really understand how that, I mean, yeah, well, these guys might be like, oh, you don't have the dirt on me anymore. I'm not going to pay you anymore. But they're not going to come out to the media and be like, oh, he was blackmailing us. Well, like supposedly they did. And supposedly there's that recording of which that's uh, miswritten. It, one At one point it says that David's sister recorded Edward King confronting David about the files. But then like the recording is him talking to a, unknown person about it and he's talking about david so it's not like he's talking to david about it and he doesn't say anything like we were blackmailing these people and they were giving us money he was just like that was everything we're screwed yeah which yeah he says he stole it he stole it not you stole it yep so yeah that was really bad that was a really bad just like oh i gotta tidy up this stupid plot line that was supposed to be just like uh what is the word i'm looking for it's so stupid my brain's crumbling uh misdirection (laughs) gosh i could not think of it 
Okay, I think that's enough hating for right now. <laughs> okay, so what we like? Okay, so just for like perspective, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bullet points for what we didn't like, three for what we did like. So yep. you, can, you can do the, the start with the first one if you want. Yeah, I mean, I think this was both of our favorite parts, like this stuff that happened in the 1930s. That could be like a whole book on its own. Like you really don't even need the 2017 part because the only tie together is that it, both crimes were for money, which is stupid. So like you, like it literally, I can't, it could have been like a standalone book on its own. Right. And it probably should be. And part of the problem was too that I think the 1930s part took away from the rest of the book. I was finding out things about pre- present day and then waiting for Stevie to catch up. Sunny. And that was really super irritating because that's where yeah. you lost all your aha moments because you're already knew like she okay so we find out that like frankie and eddie wrote this letter or whatever or the truly devious letter and then we have to like sit through stevie going through yearbooks in the library for no reason and then she's like they were rich and Dottie was poor and none of this matters squirrels <laughs> moose moose no the moose we're not there yet oh my goodness oh i'll insert the sound you don't have to worry about it also, like, I really, you guys, get on my social media and tell me what you thought of the moose sound because it's my favorite thing. Okay, so the other thing I said that we liked, maybe this is just what I liked. I thought the first book was the best of the worst. I have three episodes on it. I mean, there was, like, a lot to talk about. I thought, like, the whole, like, Hayes' death was super interesting. Now it's not interesting because it does not matter. And it, I don't even know if they mentioned his name, like, in the third book, barely. Right, and I feel like part of the reason why it was so good is, guess why? There's character development. Yeah. You actually get to meet the characters and learn a little bit about them, but that doesn't carry over to the other two books. So you just start reading more extraneous detail that just doesn't matter in the other books. Yeah, like the first book's good until you find out that it does not matter. Okay, so what we wish happened. So my two big ones was I wish that Edward King was related to Eddie from like Frankie and Eddie, the truly devious letter writers. And I wish that Allison, David's sister, was somehow like related to Alice. I don't know why there's two characters, misdirection or whatever, but like it would have been nice to one, make Edward King and David and all of them have a point at all. And two, to connect, like actually connect the past with the present. Yeah, it really feels like that that had to be intentional. You don't make those character names so close if it wasn't intentional. So that's what I think may have happened with the plot. Like, I think that somewhere the author changed her mind and decided or a deadline came up, whatever it was, and wound up having to wrap it up a lot faster than they intended. And I think it really kind of damaged the ending and it really kind of killed it for me. Do you want to do this part? Oh, yeah. So the minor characters. You got to say it. Oh, hashtag minor characters matter. Anyway, so the minor characters just don't get any love. Like, I feel like I don't know anything about them. So we have Vi and Jermaine, Gretchen, Fenton, Mudge, Pix, Hunter, Nate, all these characters that you, they really are only there to move Stevie along and to act like something to write about. Yeah, exactly. So 
I don't know. I just feel like that's part of what I'm missing. So in the first book, you get that character development on Stevie and some of these other people, but not nearly enough. You just follow Stevie around for the rest of the time instead of, you know, really developing a world for this book to take place in. Yeah, it's like, oh, shoot, we're out of school. We need other students. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. And that kind of falls into like with the big reveal, like, oh, Charles did this like, no, literally anyone could have done this. There's no motive. There's no anything like whatever. Okay. So lingering questions. So this is on my own. <laughs> Gosh. Curious. Curious. Curiosity. <laughs> curiosity. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to make a snarky comment. I want to just say if you're going to say it. Well, it was just, you said curiosity right after you were rubbing on your cat, so. Aww. Okay, so, I was just kind of, like, curious. Maybe we can, like, fake theorize, like, fan theory. What we think happened to Flora and Leo, because, like, it's talked about, like, Marsh is devastated, and then, like, Flora doesn't know Alice died, but she definitely knows, like, it's not good, and that's her biological child, and even though she didn't like raise her she's around her all the time and iris was like really open to them having like a relationship and stuff like it seemed like they weren't going to tell alice till she was older but it wasn't like closed adoption i guess you could say she just goes whatever about her life her best friend's dead the guy paying for everything's dead being albert her the father of her baby's dead her baby's most likely dead. She doesn't know that. And then her best friend, Leo, doesn't even tell her the truth about where Alice is. Give her any closure. Go for it. I mean, yeah. But I feel like Leo is probably protecting her because I don't think that Albert would have gotten to Marsh first if Flora knew what happened. Well, if he even did anything. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I just meant like, depends on what you read. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I'm just saying, she just like, we don't even know what happens to her. Like, there's yeah. no closure on, we we get to know that David's running for the opposite party of his dad who's no longer running, but I don't get to find out what happens to Flora. Yeah, no, because there's no real character development. It just becomes so, it, it just becomes political at the end, which yeah. kind of stinks. Yeah, we got enough of that already. I don't need it in a book. So, also... I want to know what happened to Frankie and her babies. Just to kind of like recap. So the there was like a cookbook. It said it was a cookbook. And there was like an excerpt about Frankie's family, Francis. And it talks about how she ran away to Paris, which we know is where Eddie was, and had a baby. And then the cookbook author was going to email, like look at, look into it, and then email Stevie back, which never happens. We don't even hear about it ever again. So, Eddie jumped off a building with, like, the World War II invasion, German invasion, and um, not to be confused with Beatlemania. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, anyways, yeah, like, I just kind of, what happened to Frankie and her baby, because she, like, wanted to be this outlaw, and then she, she almost shake her out of me, and now she just has a baby and no boyfriend, and, like, she, her whole thing was, like, men are stupid, and she's, like, really strong, independent, but now she's just, like, a single mom in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I don't condone your comparison between the German invasion and the British invasion, but, you know, okay. Um, so <laughs> I didn't Frank- mean it like that. We have international listeners. Uh, well, now you've made them sad. I see you on my analytics. Anyway, 
So yeah, Frankie is awesome, and I just feel she like she is we, awesome. Yeah. She really is. I just really, I really feel like I'm that. That's part of my problem. That's part of why I really miss there not being more to the 1930s story. Like this, if this book that's was all about it, that's a sham for her ending too. Totally. Like I wanted to hear she like went out like John Dillinger, like yeah. just and blew up a tower or something, or at least you know create that link between now and then. You know that's why I was hoping for the whole Edward King and Allison thing to like tie back to Eddie and Frankie. That would have been so cool as kind of like a full circle. Yeah, for and it sure. just never came. Okay, and then uh, another lingering question was like, I don't know if anyone remembers this. I don't even think the author probably remembers writing this, but <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Um, remember when he remembered. <laughs> oh, book. Maybe she should have that. Okay, so. Okay, so. <laughs> it's a sea shanty. Um, so back on track here. Completely <laughs> off the rails right now. <laughs> That's why it's a bonus episode. So this is our couples therapy session. And <laughs> okay, so my point being, so at some point, Marsh, I guess this could all be a lie, but I don't know why you would. So Marsh is talking to Albert on the boat. I think this is when this is said. And he says, oh, no, nope. I don't know when this is said. It's said sometime. But anyway, so it's from Marsh's perspective. He's the one telling us this. He hires these two guys to do the kidnapping and everything's going good. And then he has to accidentally kill Dottie, which we didn't even talk about that being like really weird and random. But anyways, when he goes for the second drop off, so like Albert meets him unknowingly at the dome and gets knocked out. And then there's a second drop off where it's supposed that's where like the real exchange is supposed to happen. But instead, Marsh gets beat up and they're like demanding more money. Right. And then they go to the boat thing. Okay, so the second one, Marsh says that a third person got involved and told the two yahoos that he hired <laughs> don't look at me like that that the Ellinghams are worth more money and they want more money and then this third person's like running this now and i always thought like maybe that was alice's biological dad but like we obviously know that's marsh and then like i don't know why marsh would lie about that instead of just being like these two bimbos got these boobs got their heads out of their butts and realize there's more money in this or something like why lie why even bring that up where's this third person I, that yeah. took me 15 minutes to explain and it's pointless but here we are i mean yeah the third person only comes up like once or twice in the book and so does the stipulation in the will exactly oh. and by the way like not to take this completely off the rails but when we're talking about inaccuracies like the stuff with Dottie, where at the beginning of the book she's That's like awesome. i have no idea who this is and now all of a sudden she does um it's a, what was it? Roof? Attic. Attic man. An attic man. Misdirection. Horribly, horribly done. Anyway, so. But she literally knew him. It's not like she was like, he kind of seems like a cop. Like, she knew Marsh, like, specifically. <laughs> yeah, silliness. She, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so this is just, like, random. Dis- <laughs> I got, like, where oh, this is really okay (laughs) these are just random discussion points that like didn't have anywhere else in our poorly (laughs) thrown together at 11 (laughs) p.m list okay this is something we talked about and honestly i could have missed this in the book because my eyes were starting to glaze over while i was reading this part but when stevie goes to the statue and falls in and then david goes after her and they have to like blow it up with dynamite and then jermaine's there or whatever to get them out i ask like why 
are they trapped down there? Like someone had to be in there last and then climb out somehow. And we would assume that there was like always just a ladder of sorts because there's like work material and stuff down there. And then we know Frankie and Eddie used to go down there all the time. Now I will say it could have said there was a ladder that disintegrated or something over the years that could have been written there. I don't know. I was skimming it at that point, but like, I don't think it was mentioned. And also like, since we're talking about it, why what was the point of that entire part like i really thought it was supposed to be like they were she i was hoping she'd go back into the dome area and it was going to be like she was going to see the killer there the same way Dottie did but she was going to get out this time right i think that it was just like some kind of symbolic like oh look at the book coming full circle this is where we started this is where it ends but it's not. We don't know where the truly devious letter. All we know is they had sex down there, and that's about all I can confirm. Right, right. I just think that it's try. It's like an attempt at creative writing that really just kind of, you know. I mean, it was I, I so like- long. I had to. We had to find a diary in a closet. Then we yeah. had to read a poem fifty times. Then we had to go compare it to a present day map. Don't even get me started. Then we had to walk in a blizzard that really isn't that bad. Look at this. And then we had to fall into a hole, but David had to conveniently be there. And then they had to confess their feelings, kind of, sort of, not really. And then Jermaine had to pull them out after they used dynamite. Why? The defense rests. <laughs> uh, okay. So then, okay. This is like a whole rant, too. Why did Ellie and Hayes, all caps, have to die? And why does Stevie have to find them? And this kind of goes into it. Like, why? Okay. So at the very end, before the big quote-unquote reveal charles is looking at like applications for the next year and see if he's like why'd you admit it, me or, or maybe he brings up whatever and he says like i really do believe you could solve the ellingham case and that's why i admitted you and stuff but it's like if you're trying to hide alice's dead body in your office why would you admit a student that's like obsessed with the case and then like she says like when she's doing her whole nancy drew stuff he had to have me partnered up with Fenton. Why? What was the point of that? By the way, just kind of on the Ellie and Hayes stuff, mm-hmm. I it really bothers me because I feel like there were other ways to handle this. And if, okay, let's just say that Charles is, you know, a, psycho. a psychotic guy that just wants this money. Why would he bring more attention to it by murdering students rather than just kicking them out? He's the headmaster. Well, like, okay, so here's, here's, like, the supposed theory. So, like, Hayes supposedly overheard something. By the way, this is all Stevie. Like, none of this is confirmed at all. But, like, supposedly Hayes overheard something, so it was, like, pretty much blackmailing Charles. Which, why would you do that if you know money's involved? Just be like, give me a cut of it when you discover her body. And then, so, he was murdered. And then, like somehow mythically ellie knew so like either hayes told her or like charles assumed ellie knew like that's not talked about at all and then like l even ellie like running away like doesn't make any sense so anyways uh it all just seems like a huge stretch for what's going on in the book here i just feel like if Charles is trying to get money. Why would you bring all this like police attention and stuff? Well, okay, to the case? that's what I was gonna get to. So like supposedly Stevie has to find Ellie's body so the school seems unsafe, so it can be shut down. So then 
Charles can hide the body somewhere that's not in his office so he can discover it, which does not matter because you'd be like, Marsh or whoever put her body there years ago. I didn't move it there. It just seems like a and very... he can't find it. Someone else has to find it. Yeah. It so just... who's going on the property when the school shut down? Yeah. It just seems like a really poorly thought out plan if this was his plan to like steal all this money. The book's a poorly thought out plan. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add before I do my last part? No, I'm good. Okay, so we're going to talk about the moose. (laughs) Insert moose noise. Um, So, I mean, I would love to hear from people that live in Vermont, I suppose. But I looked it up and they said, like, moose are really common there. So, like, it wouldn't be unreasonable for them to see one. But, like, no one ever sees one. And then she talks about the moose sign. And then, like, now that the case is solved, she sees her moose, which we know is not a real moose. Whatever. It's supposed to be her white whale or her, like, green light at the end of the pier or whatever. It's so bad. Like, it. it's just, like, the icing on the cake, though, isn't it? Like, frankly, this entire book is just kind of a mishmash of a lot of other really good mystery writers and you know just just writers in general and the book just glorifies writers like a huge amount so it just feels like the author may have picked like a few of her favorite writers and then just created a story that used the same character archetypes the same storyline and just kind of like mushed it together poorly but had to change it enough but you can't change it because then it doesn't work like the will and the clock also like one last thing if i got to choose the ending I think what I would have wanted was it to be like, I don't know if any of you are familiar with this, but like the movie Clue, they go through the ending. So like one of the endings, like Mrs. Peacock does it, like kills everybody. And then I think like Colonel Mustard maybe is the other one that kills everybody. And then like the real, real ending is like everyone kills someone. Like it's all except for the one guy that's I think is Professor Plum or whatever, who's going to go home and sleep with his wife. But like... You know, it's a, it's like a little bit like so-and-so killed this person because that was her husband's mistress. That was uh, Mrs. White or whatever. And like, whatever. And it's like, it's really cool. And everyone has a motive and everyone has a reason. They're sneaking around. They're taking advantage of like all the chaos to do it. Like, I think that would be so cool. Like, Gretchen killed Hayes because she was still in love with him. And she thought Maris would be down. Or like, it was meant for Maris to pull a Legally Blonde. I thought it was you going into the tunnel. Or whatever. Like, that would have been awesome. And then, like, you know, someone else kills Ellie for whatever reason. And then, like, the nephew, Hunter, kills Fenton because he's sick of living with her drunken butt or whatever. And then, like, like whatever. That would have been so cool. That would be, like, my ideal ending. So, like, I don't know if you can top that. Probably not. I, I definitely can. I don't know. I was hoping for something along the lines of some sort of conspiracy. Like, you know, maybe, like, there's been something in the mob family that yeah, Marsh that that Marsh owed money to well, that's gone. Flora's. Yeah, but like maybe that got passed through the family, and so they've been like you know lying in wait, and you know have now now have enough information to go in and get this money, but they couldn't before because they had something to do with it. So they were using somebody like Charles to like manipulate him and get it. I don't know, just something that was more than just like. One greedy guy. Yeah, and I was also like, speaking of like 1930s, I was like also hoping that before we knew Marsh was her biological father, that it was like her biological father that realized the situation like ended up keeping her or something. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. 
anything any last words before I sign us out? I don't know. It it's just it's just really it's really tough because I know that you went through a lot of pages of nothing <laughs> to get here. Twelve hundred. Yeah. And it didn't quite come out the way that I was hoping or in any way that I was hoping. He so. feels bad because he picked out the first book and he didn't look to see that it was a trilogy and he didn't look that it sucks. Wah, wah, wah. I did have fun doing this with you and doing an episode with you, though. Oh, yeah. This is super cool. I'm down, always down for a good book review. So maybe we'll have him on again. So uh, I guess I'll do like my traditional. Rah, rah, rah. I don't have my notes here, but, you know, subscribe for the next episode and social media at the Jolly Reader podcast. By the way, if you have any answers to any of the questions we've said, pop on to Instagram at the Jolly Reader podcast. I might hire him just to do like my my little end takes you want to do leave an apple review it's all you okay leave a review on apple helps fellow crewmates find this podcast i don't know what else i say next book is the cousins by maureen johnson we're all really excited about it i read it at the end of not maureen johnson no never again excuse me no i'm not even gonna leave that in the next book we're reading is the cousins by something mcmanus what's her first name Oh, no. It should be like right next to you. Karen M. McManus. Holy moly. She's like one of my favorite authors. I'm sorry, Karen. I'm so sorry. Forgive me by going on my podcast. Um, So so if you want to, I read the inside cover at the end of The Hand on the Wall. So if you want to just like fast forward 40 minutes and listen to that, you can. And uh, we'll be really, I'm really excited for it. I've seen it all over Instagram and stuff. So anyways... Until we sail again, this has been The Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. Ready? For the outtakes. Hey. hey! You made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. <laughs> Just check the mic. Just check the mic. <laughs> Make sure we can talk this way. The mic is being checked. <laughs> Ahoy! You do it. Ahoy! Oh my god. What? By the way, side note, pause for you and me. Try to talk like not like into this part, either off to the side this way or off to the side that way. So it picks up not your breathing. That's why I'm like kind of like this. Anyways, um, so my prime, I just drilled the mic like that's my cheek hitting it. Um, <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Talk in the light, Sonny. Come on. Sonny. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Go back and try to figure out where I was. Hold on. Sonny! Get out of there! She's in the playroom. Come in here. Come lay down. Sir. Now into the mic if you're gonna bother me. You wobble. Yeah. I was just trying to get my cat to meow into the mic. Wow, I hope that didn't get picked up. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> he just lost it. You never know what's gonna get him. Oh my gosh, I have to do this. Potato tap. <laughs> That's staying in there. If anyone knows what that means, message me and I will send you a free book or something because I need to know. And he says he hired these two guys to 
<laughs> Sir. <laughs> my name is Allie. I love my mom and dad.